This is the So You Are Former Athlete podcast, a podcast dedicated to exploring the effects that losing your athlete identity has on adult life. From community to routine integration to finding new passions, we've got you covered. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode one of the So You're a Former Athlete podcast. I'm Alyssa A, co-hosting here with Alyssa H, and we are so excited to be here. This is our first episode, and on today's episode, we will dig into what inspired us to create this podcast, our own personal sports journeys, and what you can expect from this space going forward. To kick it off, first, we're going to talk about what inspired us to make this podcast. So if you're a former athlete, as many of you know, there's all sorts of sport podcasts already out there, and we found that most of them were tailored to the high-level professional athlete. There doesn't really, there's not a lot of support or representation for the masses of former athletes who stopped playing in high school or college. And both of us are not professional athletes, but recognize Mm -hmm. that we had a lot in common and a lot of our identity was formed because of our involvement in athletics. We really created this podcast for all former athletes who do not operate at the pro level to really find a space that they felt safe in and can relate to. We really wish that someone had been there for us right before we got into college athletics, right after we graduated and made the transition ourselves. We really wanted um, somebody else to tell us that there is more out there. So that's why we're here for you. A lot of my own best memories came from athletics throughout my life and childhood up until you know I graduated college. So we're going to share some of that stuff here. And hopefully um, you get something out of it, either some tidbits of information you can resonate with, something that can open up a new perspective for you. So we just are making this really relatable and we're excited to be here. Hermie, do you have anything to add? Yeah, just one thing. You know, every part of my existence as an adult and even my career choice was largely affected by sports. And I'm sure that's the case for many former athletes. You might not even realize it. Um, So this is a good thing. It's good to know and to be aware that your athleticism and your athlete mindset can be applied in life as an adult and you can use it to your advantage. You know, these things like competitiveness and wanting to push yourself, work towards a goal, be a team player, all of these things can be applied in adult life and they are always accessible no matter how far away you are from your sport or from the last time you played competitive sports. Yeah, definitely. How did we get here? Uh, so our story, I am Alyssa A. I go by Liss most often in this podcast. And Alyssa H is Alyssa or Hermie throughout this podcast. Obviously, we're both named Alyssa and both former athletes. <laughs> so we thought that was pretty fun to come together and collaborate here since we had so much in common. But the long story short is that we didn't really know each other up until only a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. We both ironically grew up on Long Island New- in New York um, when we were young, but Hermie had moved away and transitioned to Florida and now Chicago. I am still on Long Island, New York. We connected because we're actually both board certified nurse coaches and a friend in our nurse coach community got us in contact as she thought we had a lot in common. We both have, like I said, a passion for being former athletes, for serving others, And it turns out we are very much more alike than we ever could have anticipated. (laughs) So once we linked up, we really had this passion to create something for our greater community. That's what got us here. 
So I will be kicking it off about my personal sports journey first. So a little bit about my background. Like I said, I am from Long Island, New York. I started swimming at five years old. I swam for a local club team and I really got into the sport of swimming because my cousins were involved. It was a little bit of a, I think, babysitter type thing for my mom (laughs) to have my aunt watch me while we were all at swim practice together. I honestly disliked the sport up until about 14 years old because all of my friends I felt like were in soccer or basketball Mm. or all these other land sports. And here I was every weekend jumping into a pool. I didn't feel that I could relate to a lot of other of my friends because no one knew what swimming was like. However, when I turned 13 or 14 years old and I made the transition into high school, it was something to be a part of. And it was all of a sudden really cool to be a swimmer because I could get on the high school varsity team and I had switched club teams at that point. So it was a whole new group and community of people. And I felt a lot more seen and heard. I made friends through the swim team. We traveled together. We were together in the mornings, in the nights for practice, on the weekends we had meets. So it really became a huge commitment, but also a huge um, social interaction for me. I started to find my groove. And like I said, it really became a big part of my life. It was fun to be a part of something. It was fun to say I'm on the varsity swim team. It was fun to say uh, I'm going to a different state this weekend to compete. At the same time, when I was younger, I was going through some trauma and some changes with my own family. So the pool also became an escape. It became a safe place. So it was this place where I could find my friends and feel like I was a part of something and have fun to be accepted and seen. But also it felt like this escape and it allowed me to really deal with some of the things I was working on at home. Fast forward to finishing my high school career, I started to really improve as I started to like it more. I got a lot more invested (laughs) in the training and in um, yeah, pursuing it long term. So I decided to see if I could swim in college. I ended up becoming recruited um, by a division one school in Connecticut called Fairfield University that also had the the major that I was looking for, I was looking to go into nursing. So it had both a swim program and a nursing program. And I got recruited, got a big scholarship. At that point, swimming had become, like I said, a huge part of my life and at, like a security blanket, a safety blanket. It had gotten me through so much from the young age of five up until 18 that mm-hmm. it's all that I knew. It's something that I felt so comfortable in. So I really wanted to keep it around if I could. Once I did commit to swimming in college and went to Fairfield, swimming became my whole identity. I became captain of the swim team. I had all my friends. We just, everything was revolved around swimming. When you went to nursing classes, everyone's like, oh yeah, those are the swimmers. When you went to the dining hall, oh yeah, that's the swim team. So like I said, this community was really important. However, my identity was so shaped around it that that's all I knew and how I, uh, how I equated success and how I equated my worth. It's something that I've found if you worked so hard at, you got results. So that translated into my academic career as well. If I worked even harder, just like I did in the pool, I got better results. If I worked harder in the classroom, I got better results. So I really started to put my foot on the gas at all times and work as hard as I can in everything. However, <laughs> I didn't really realize that that was going to eventually lead to burnout. 
So by the end of my college career, after swimming for years and years on end, I mean, looking at the bottom of a pool, a single black line, I swam the mile competitively in college, so that's 66 laps of just your thoughts. No. <laughs> I, I was hitting a burnout. So when it came time to um, move on after my senior year of college, I was just about ready. I was coming out of this disciplined lifestyle. And this sport without a lot of guidance. And like I said, it was so much of my my identity and what I knew for so long that I was a little lost coming out of college as far as where do I expend my energy? How do I exercise? What fills my cup? I really poured a lot of my life then into my career because like I said, I equated success for so long to you have to work as hard as you can. So once I made that transition from being an athlete into adulthood, I still worked as hard as I can. Despite seeing the burnout from the pool, I thought I was just done with the sport itself. Little did I know that it was the this attitude, this mindset was not serving me in general. So mm. I, I learned, you know, through my nursing career that I can't spread myself too thin. And if only I had known that in maybe my athletic career as it was ending, I would have um, had a little more to give. But overall, I think that being a swimmer really shaped me into who I am today. It gave me discipline. It gave me time management. I was taught how to work well under pressure. And I knew how to work through pain. I knew how to work and sacrifice when you wanted to go out with your friends. I had to say, no, I have to stay in. I have a meet tomorrow. So it really allowed me to understand the plus side of sacrifice and working hard. It really, I think, provided me with so many tools in the toolbox to set my career up for success. But also I learned a lot and took away a lot as far as the burnout and what I need to do to not become exhausted after that was 17 years of swimming. Well, a career is 17, 20, 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Learning that now on the flip side. But I, did, I had to drop this overachiever perfectionist mindset and really um, become okay with being a beginner and learning new skills. And that's where I am right now. And, and it's a journey in and of itself, but I am using my success in swimming to really fuel this new journey of being a new nurse coach and starting my own private practice in this setting and transitioning from a hospital career to a new entrepreneur business. And at one time I was a beginner swimming, a, a, sw a beginner mm -hmm. at swimming. And obviously it wasn't the easiest for me, but I got through it and it ended up being really, really worthwhile. So that's kind of my takeaway. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to get to know a little bit more about you, Alyssa, and your journey and see what our listeners, what resonates with them. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. Love it. I have a couple of questions for you. Sure. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of times overachiever, perfectionist mindset. Now, I feel most former athletes know what that is without having to explain it. But would you be open to kind of sharing like what those thoughts might sound like or how it might feel when you achieve things and you still have that overachiever mindset immediately after? Yeah. So one thing that sticks out to me is when I became captain, that was something that was only two people out of the whole team, seniors were elected captain. And that was something I had dreamed about as a freshman. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I would love to be captain my senior year. That is so cool. That means you made it. You work really hard. And when I became captain, 
it's like almost like it wasn't enough. And I still had to prove myself and work even harder. And I thought that I'd be able to celebrate and just be really proud of myself. But I still was like, no, I need to still improve my times and work even harder and get top eight in the championships and, you know, X, Y, and Z. So there was this, this overachiever mindset in the fact that like, when I even accomplished or succeeded at the things I wanted to accomplish or succeed at, I wasn't able to sit in that celebration or be really proud of myself. I was already on to the next thing. What do I need to work harder at? What do I need to improve on? I need to keep going. I need to achieve more. I need to be more successful. So that's something that stands out to me right now, as far as, especially in my college career, that overachiever, like I got captain. Okay. What else can I do? I need to do more. For people that maybe are hearing that and are like, oh my gosh, I do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is me. What advice do you have? Or maybe like, what is like the first step to kind of transition away from that mindset? Great question. I'm still learning. I'm still healing. I think it took me a long time to recognize that that pattern or that mindset was not serving me because it did get me so far, you know, straight A's as a student, top of the nursing class captain of the swim team, that was like my MO, right? That was who I was, just the person who works so hard and achieves. I think the first step is recognizing that maybe you have that mindset or that thinking pattern. So if you're listening here and you're like, that is me, then that's you recognizing that maybe I'm an overachiever, maybe I have that mindset. And then from there, I really had to sit and try and sit in celebration in the small things. So if I went for a workout when I really didn't want to now as a retired athlete, as a professional in a working environment, there are some days where I don't want to exercise. There are some days that I don't want to do what I got to do. Yeah. But if I get it done, I celebrate that instead of saying to myself, I should have done more. I could have done better. Why didn't I just wake up earlier? Instead, I say, Alyssa, you did as much as you could. And be proud of all the effort you put in. And tomorrow you can be 1% better or later you can be 1% better. But for right now, sit in celebration and what you did achieve. So for those, if it's resonating with you first, identifying that maybe that mindset is something you struggle with or that you have. And on the second end, really starting to work on celebrating the small wins, I would say. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's hear uh, about your story. I'm excited to, to kick it off for you. Hey, well, I am a soccer player, which is a lot different than swimming, but soccer became the center of my world, truthfully, at the age of five years old. Uh, The only time I ever wanted to stop playing was when I was 11 years old and I tried out for the travel team and I didn't make it and I was angry and I wanted to quit. Luckily, my dad said, you know, play for one more year Mm -hmm. and if you still want to quit, then quit. I didn't. I made the team. Everything was fine. Continued on. And at this point, soccer became really my whole life. You know, all my friends were there. My excitement came from weekend games and traveling for tournaments and hotel parties with your teammates, friends. This continued on through middle school, through high school. I was dual enrolled in high school, really pursuing academics at this point. And then it was really time for me to make a decision for college. Do I want to go and try and play divisional out of state or do I want to stay in state and focus on education, focus solely on academics and use the Florida Bright Future Scholarship? 
I decided to stay in Florida, go to university. I ended up getting into University of Florida, which was probably a good thing because the burnout was real in high school. I was playing travel. I was on the high school team. I was taking night classes, sleeping three to four hours a night and being woken up by a stereo system back when your iPhone could sit on top of the stereo system. Mm -hmm. And that's how you could connect it. Uh, That's what used to blare at me in the morning (laughs) at 5am to go to school or to wake up and do things beforehand. So it probably saved me a lot more burnout just going into academics at that point. So this was the first time I retired from competitive soccer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was living in BD Towers. So if you're listening and you're from UF, I was in BD Towers uh, fall freshman year and went to go play pick up across the street. Someone asked me if I was on the club team at UF. And I said, what? What is that? Join the club team. Uh, it's a national league called NURSA for those of you that maybe haven't heard of it. And it, you still travel. There's regionals, there's nationals. It was a perfect amount of competitiveness for me and also free time. I did that all four years. I eventually became president the last year with, um, with another girl, Courtney. We were both in nursing school. No one wanted to be captain. No one wanted to be president the last year. And we knew that if we didn't step up, that the team would sort of crumble at that point. There was no one old enough or willing to step up and take the lead. This is where some people pleasing and like savior complex kicked in a little where I was like, I have to be the one to do this. No one else can do it. And I really spread myself pretty thin, leading the team, managing the budget, making the jerseys, coordinating for tournaments while also in nursing school. And you know how hard it is to balance everything with nursing school. I was working as a tech in the hospital. And then I was going to the gym five days a week, sometimes six days a week and playing intramural. So I don't know who told me that that was (laughs) what I should be doing, but that was my life for a while. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was, again, massively burnt out. So Clearly, this is a habit of mine. I was burned out again. I was doing more harm than good to my body again, not sleeping enough, forcing myself to go to the gym and lift weights before going to soccer practice, before going to play an intramural, before going to ladies night sometimes, right? There was no balance whatsoever. But it was fun. I loved soccer that whole time. You know, again, all of my friends were teammates or nursing school friends that were also teammates. So that was a really awesome experience as well. Graduated from college, started working as a nurse, and the career choice was a smooth transition because nursing had a lot of the same components that soccer did, which was teamwork. It was high adrenaline, high stakes. I had immediate structure. And kind of like you said, it sort of has a need for perfectionism, a need to be an overachiever, high achiever to get noticed, or really just even to survive there and not be judged by your peers. But outside of work, I didn't know what I was doing with myself. This was when I got kicked out of the team group chat. I was still living in my college town, and that was really hard for me because I lost immediate access to all my friends. And it was my time, but it still kicked off that identity loss, 
I, what hobbies should I do? Why am I exercising? What's the point of all of this? All of my goals, my structure, everything was sort of just taken away. And so I dove into work even harder. I traveled during COVID and that's really when I started to notice how badly I was treating myself as a person. Uh, I would go play soccer occasionally during COVID. You couldn't really do group sports, but or I'd go to the gym, but I didn't do anything else. I didn't really care about what I was doing. Uh, It took some time, right? But eventually I learned to play for fun. I played semi-pro for a little while and decided that that high level actually just isn't for me anymore. And that's okay. That was a, this is when, this was the last time I officially retired was when I stopped playing semi-pro competitively. Um, And of course, during all of this, I continued to grow into the other parts of myself. uh, And occasionally, I still struggle with burnout and perfectionist tendencies, but it is much better. I still love soccer. I still play for fun. I just played last night on my Monday league, but it's no longer my defining personality trait. And that's the biggest transition is once you lose that personality trait, you're like, who am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, do, what do I talk about? Who do I talk about things with? Um, and now I get to have a lot of fun helping other former athletes of all ages and all levels kind of do the same thing for themselves, transition into who they are outside of sports. And even now, though it's been years since I played competitive, competitively, being an athlete is still part of everything that I do. And many of my adult friends are former teammates or mm-hmm. former soccer players or just former athletes because we get each other. You know, I feel prepared to take on challenges. I feel like I do well under pressure. I love to push myself in the gym and so, so much more. And I think for so many former athletes, they think that because they stopped playing sports in high school or maybe they only played intramurals in college that they don't get to define themselves as a former athlete or that they don't carry those traits from athlete life into adult life. And that just isn't the case. We can always tap into that mentality. So that's kind of my journey as an athlete to former athlete. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. One thing that stuck out to me was you mentioned the word balance, that you lacked it in your college career because you were doing all the things, really playing you know, playing soccer and trying to achieve high grades and maintain a social relationship and all of the things. Do two, so this is a two-part question. Do you feel like you've found balance now in life? And what would your advice be to those looking or seeking balance if they're trying to do all the things, whether they're in athletics still to this day? They're a former athlete who never had balance. So talk to me a little bit about that. I would say yes, with the caveat that your life will never be 100% balanced. My life will never be 100% balanced because at any point you are always being pulled in one direction more than another, but being willing to set the line of where you're willing to be pulled and also setting priorities and non-negotiables like I have to get a certain number of hours of sleep of sleep now. I need a certain amount of time for myself to ma- be in a friendship, to be in a sport, to be in a relationship. I will only give a certain amount of myself to those things. And so in a way, I really have found that balance. Balance meaning it shifts but I feel comfortable and confident that I'm taking care of myself through all of the shifts, if that makes sense. Yes. And for those, so you said that balance 
we're always going to be pulled and the scales are always going to be tipped in one way, you know, based on the season of life. But for those maybe new, new former athletes, those who've been out of it for a little while and are still searching for that, what would be your greatest point of advice or yeah, what would you just say to them if they're in the throes of of feeling just out of it, scattered, stuck, off balance? Take a day. <laughs> and I'm I'm not really even joking. Take a day off. Take a breath and really ask yourself what it is that you are looking to get or receive from each of the situations you're feeling out of balance in. Sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing and thinking that we have to do something a certain way that we forget to even consider what we want from it or why it matters in the first place. And the answers sometimes might surprise you. Like I know at one point I wanted better grades so I could be better than other people. That's not a great reason to go do that, right? right. So redefining, I want to get good grades so that I can go get my master's or my doctorates if I want to, but I'm not willing to sacrifice my health for it. And so being really clear on where that boundary is and just asking yourself really like, what is it that I'm looking for from these situations that I'm feeling overwhelmed in and where can I take a break? Especially as athletes, we get so, like you said, put on the gas, Mm -hmm. zooming forward all the time and we will run ourselves into the ground. So taking a day off, sometimes just taking a breath everything will feel a lot lighter. Love it. Great advice. And one last question. If you were able to go to your past self, past Alyssa, when she was playing soccer, pick a time, what what would you say to her? What is one thing that you would want to tell her right now? Mm. Yeah, it's a spicy one. That's a spicy (laughs) So many things. But I think I would, I think I would tell her to just enjoy it. I know I spent a lot of time in my head worrying that I wasn't fitting in or that I wasn't working hard enough or showing up the way I wanted to. And I'd get really caught up in that. And sometimes it would stop me from going to practice. And I remember one time it was so bad that I was scared to even go to a soccer game because I felt like I didn't fit in, in my own head, right? It was my brain. So just telling myself to just enjoy it and to take that kind of with everything. I wish I had heard that before I picked my career. (laughs) Like, don't look for stability. Don't look for the highest paying job. Don't look for those things. They're important, but find something that you enjoy and be willing to work for that. Great advice to prior Alyssa. Love it. Yeah, that's what I tell to my three-year-old self. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I hope that everybody, you have a little bit more of an understanding of our background and why we're here. I wanted to touch on what you can expect going forward from this podcast. So we're going to be offering a huge range of topics that we discuss here um, week to week, or we're going to actually drop this every other week. We're going to talk about things ranging from identity loss to nutrition to gross habits that every former athlete has <laughs> to career advice and so, so much more. 
As if you didn't know already, both of us are registered nurses and board certified coaches. Not only will we cover the struggles of former athlete life, we will also highlight the real and proven ways to get out of this struggle as it's something we both work in with our clients in our own private practice as coaches. Episodes are going to be dropped on, like I said, a bi-weekly basis, and they'll be on Spotify and Apple Music for those who are interested in listening. If you want to get entered into a drawing for a free session with either of us, please uh, like either the podcast on Apple Music or Spotify to be entered. Anything else, Hermie, that I'm missing? Link below, we have our Instagram handles. So if you want to support us outside of this space, see you when we are opening our group coaching containers or you just want to be in a community with other former athletes, go follow us on Instagram. If you want a community of former athletes just like you, we have a former athlete forum on Facebook. There's over 500 people on there. You can request to join us a group, like I said. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook. We'll be sharing questions before episodes. We'll be sharing sneak peeks on episodes. We're just, I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, I am pumped to be here. Send us all the likes, please, if this resonates with you. This is just the start. This is just the kickoff. So, so much more mm -hmm. to come that we're super uh, excited about. So join the community on Facebook, like us on Instagram, like Apple Music, Spotify Music for a free entry into coaching sessions with us. And you will see us back here for our first episode, not about us. I think <laughs> that's it. really it. Anything else to add, Hermie, or uh, are we complete? I think we're good. Awesome, girl. Well, we'll see you back here soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.